Dear listeners, are you tired of the endless cycle of fad diets and extreme measures? It's time to wake up to a better weight loss solution with Robody. As someone who's been through the ups and downs of weight loss, I know firsthand the challenge of trying to find what will stick. That's why if I qualified for Robody today, I'd jump at the chance for a scientifically backed program that supports long-term success. With Robody, you'll gain access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market, paired with personalized lifestyle changes. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. Say goodbye to the roller coaster of weight loss dreams and hello to sustainable, real results with Robody. Go to row.co slash snoozecast. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash snoozecast. Also, share us with a friend. This episode is brought to you by our Patreon supporters and by Tree Frogs. We're blessed to receive so many listener requests for particular stories. Thank you to everyone who's done so. We love to know what you think. If you're a Patreon supporter, please message us through your Patreon profile and we'll prioritize your request to the top of the queue. Tonight, by Patreon supporter request. We'll read part two to The Yellow Dwarf from the Blue Fairy book, edited by Andrew Lang in 1889. The Yellow Dwarf story originated from the Countess Dalnoy, a 17th century French writer known for her fairy tales. In part one, Bellissima is a beautiful princess who has a spell put on her by the Yellow Dwarf that her and him should marry. Bellissima moves forward with her life in hopes that the spell isn't true, and plans to marry one of the many kings who wants to betroth her. Let's get cozy. Close your eyes. Relax your body into the softness of your bed. and her fiancé, the king of the gold mines, really were as happy as the day was long. All the king's unsuccessful rivals had gone home in despair. They said goodbye to the princess so sadly 
that she could not help being sorry for them. Ah, madam, the king of the gold mine said to her, how is this? Why do you waste your pity on these princes who love you so much that all their trouble would be well repaid by a single smile from you? I should be sorry, answered Bellissima, if you had not noticed how much I pitied these princes who were leaving me forever. But for you, sire, it's very different. You have every reason to be pleased with me, but they are going sorrowfully away, so you must not grudge them my compassion. The king of the gold mines was quite overcome by the princess's good-natured way of taking his interference, and, throwing himself at her feet, he kissed her hand a thousand times and begged her to forgive him. At last, the happy day came. Everything was ready for Bellissima's wedding. The trumpet sounded. All the streets of the town were hung with flags and strewn with flowers, and the people ran in crowds to the great square before the palace. The queen was so overjoyed that she had hardly been able to sleep at all, and she got up before it was light to give the necessary orders and to choose the jewels that the princess was to wear. These were nothing less than diamonds, even to her toes, which were covered with them, and her dress of silver brocade was embroidered with a dozen of the sun's rays. You may imagine how much these had cost, but then nothing could have been more brilliant except the beauty of the princess. Upon her head she wore a splendid crown, her lovely hair waved nearly to her feet, and her stately figure could easily be distinguished among all the ladies who attended her. The king of the gold mines was not less noble and splendid. It was easy to see by his face how happy he was, and everyone who went near him returned loaded with presents for all round the great banqueting hall had been arranged a thousand barrels full of gold, and numberless bags made of velvet embroidered with pearls and filled with money, each one containing at least a hundred thousand gold pieces, which were given away to everyone who liked to hold out his hand, which numbers of people hastened to do, you may be sure. Indeed, some found this by far the most amusing part of the wedding festivities. The queen and the princess were just ready to set out with the king when they saw, advancing toward them from the end of a long gallery, two great basilisks dragging after them a very badly made box. Behind them came a tall old woman whose ugliness was even more surprising than her extreme old age. She wore a ruff of black taffeta, a red velvet hood, and a farthingale all in rags, and she leaned heavily upon a crutch.